Good evening and welcome to Mountain Bears. I'm Aislinn. Of course, with me tonight is my copy with the most, this Techie Joe. How are you, darling? I'm doing well. How are you this evening? Yeah, being evil. I don't know. It's been a week. Like, it has been a week. Okay. Starting it, with last Wednesday. All right. Are we calling it a good week, a bad week, an odd week, a weird week? I think it's a weird week. It's an odd week because, you know, we're back to 198, you know, 2018. It's a lot of learning old tricks mm -hmm. and figuring out the new pattern for them. Um, why try not to kill people? Very helpful. Very helpful. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. So with, with the uh, shoulder injections came some changes for you. Yeah, um, because your 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 body did not handle those quite as well as we had hoped. Right, they normally handle um, injection fine, but not this time. Yeah. No, it was it was it was a very stressful for you. Right. Um, like return to like I'm back where I started. Yeah, like I I am back to square one. Right. And, you know, but we're a little bit smarter. And I think a lot of people get a little aggravated um, with their health care when it's like, well, that was cute. Now it's time to do it again. But we're going to do it differently. And, you know, there's new boiled chicken and rye, uh, chicken and broccoli. Hey. You know. Or, you know, loads of what else did we try? We haven't tried, you know, we haven't went back to the cauliflower days. Yeah, that's because you have officially declared you are sick and tired of cauliflower. I am. Yes. I was like, hi, welcome. <laughs> Hello, Miss Brenda. How are you, honey child? Um, but no, so it's been a lot of ebbs and flows. The corporate world has returned finally from their vacation. How they get vacations like this, I don't know. It's just like, really? Really? It's been real fun because one of my managers came back from va holiday vacation. The other one turned right around and said, oh, you're back? Great. You watch them. I'm going. <laughs> like I held down the fort. It's your turn. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's it, it, it's like a very friendly child custody or custody arrangement. Well, I think it's a very well formed plan of how to keep the the natives from getting restless. Well, the natives. You know, I will say this and own it with every point of my being. There is nothing like pissed off psychics. 
There isn't. There isn't. That 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 is definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised. I don't think you guys on coffee and tea have really gone down that road. That's probably a really good topic. It is a really good topic. It'll come along, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's been an inter- you know, it's been doing well. I've switched up my routines because, you know, I can't get five minutes sometimes. I'm just like fine. I pay for a gym membership. I'm going to the gym. Bye. Yes. 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 Understandable. Like, no. I mean, that's the benefit of the gym membership is you do have a place to go. You you can... No. You know. I, like, and that's kind of one of those things for anyone's health practices. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's, you know, a, like an exercise or yoga or whatever, having the ability to go take that on the road. Right. And just, hi, we're going to do that over here because this isn't going to work. Right. I think that, no. that hits a lot of people. And it really is one of the things that causes a lot of people to, like, bust their resolution is the, the when the rubber meets the road of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, this doesn't necessarily always integrate into your life perfectly. Well, it doesn't. And, you know, I don't know. You know, and it has nothing to do with it. Well, it does. We are, all three of us wake up differently. I am far from humanly nice. We have learned this. I would think that people would know this by now. Like, there should be, like, warnings. Coffee should be added before, you know, engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, the invisible doesn't. When he wakes up, he is all attention. And it's just like, I'm going to murder you. I have all the cat. You know, go somewhere. Yes. That doesn't really work, so it's just like, fine. I will get up, I will have my cup of coffee. If I am in the speedy moment, I will grab a to-go cup, and I will go to the gym. And I can work yeah. and get a massage, and then I can deal with you. Which, by the way, he isn't home tonight, so if you hear Anna, she's mad her daddy's working late. Yes. Yeah. As well as, you know, being a horny slut. Well, I think we're done with she kind of is. She kind of is. Goes, but, she, but she's still pissed off that daddy's working late. Yeah, she, she doesn't like that. Because this isn't she the really come hither. This is the, um, where's my daddy? <laughs> why aren't you taking, do it? Why, you know, why isn't he here? And how dare you, you know, not have your hands on top of me, patting me all evening until he gets home. Yes. Well, yeah. I, you know, at I- intermittent intervals, um, you know, claw the ever-loving crap out of you. Right. Well, yelling at the top of her lungs for her daddy. Yes. Yes. Like, she's, she's, she's a bit spoiled. Well, agreed. Well, he I mean, spoiled her. What, because what, for the first, what, four, five, six years of her life? Um, he started work last year, and we, and she was born the year we got together. 
So five years. Yes. So for the first five years of her life, she had constant, never-ending attention. Yes. So yeah, um, it's it's been a harsh reality. Yeah. Like it's it's been worse than sending a kid off to kindergarten. Mm, I would say yeah. It's like repeating it every single day for her. Yes. Like it doesn't stick that this is like a thing that occurs. Right. Uh, yes, preferred human must be available at all times and yes. cat swim. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, we were debating on why she was on my chair, and then we were debating on to why she is being so mean to me. And quite frankly, she thinks I took her preferred human, and so therefore I am either her scratching post, her bed, or you know, and if he's working past what she thinks he should, oh heaven help us. Yeah. So if you hear her yelling, it has it's just her calling for him. Yes. But which she does frequently. Yes. With or without being in heat. Well, there's that too. It's yeah. just worse. It is. Worse when she's in heat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I still want a crate trainer. He doesn't agree with it. I'm like, but the dog does very well in a crate. Why can't the cat? <laughs> um, may I point out the last time we tried uh, to to put her in a carrier for her own good? Mm -hmm. um, she disassembled it. That's a carrier, not a crate. Well, I'm one just is plastic, that. one is metal. Well, I'm just saying that. I know. I still want to get the China, the Japanese cat cage. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that could be fun. I think that would be good for her during when he's not home. Yep, that'll either be good or you'll find out how fast she can operate a blowtorch. One of the two. She can operate a computer, so she may have a hidden blowtorch just in case. Possibly, possibly, you know, espionage kitties. Well, let's go to Denmark for some sad but interesting news. Yeah, so Denmark's queen makes one last public appearance before stepping down in a rare abdication. So Europe's longest reigning monarch, Queen uh, Marguerite, rode through Denmark's capital Thursday in a gilded horse-drawn coach as she concluded her final public New Year's before her abdication later this month. Thousands, many cheering and waving flags, braved the freezing temperatures, strong winds, and snow snow and sleet to cheer the popular queen along the route and was to be her last public appearance as monarch. She will step down on January 14th after 52 years on the throne. The 83-year-old monarch will hand the throne to her oldest son, Crown Prince Frederick, in the first such resignation in Europe's oldest ruling monarchy in nearly 900 years. Mm -hmm. Oh, so yes, full state, gold coach, the whole works. Yes. And yeah. she's one of the ones, let me see, I want to see if she, like, because she's not just stepping down because she's old. Um you know, it isn't like, oh, I've reached this age, so I'm going to step down. No, she had back surgery. Um, well, also 83. Right. 
I mean, there, there, there does come a point in which it's like you, you, and fifty-two years on the throne. I, you, one, w- when you look at some of these monarchies, I don't think there was ever an intent, right, for a fifty-two-year reign, right. Um, that that this wasn't the thing, right. um, because a lot of uh, of these concepts were built around the idea that you know you were going to get killed in battle, you were going to you know die of some horrible illness in your fifties, right? Um, versus you know with longer and longer life expectancy, the fact that like this is fifty some years of service, right? Like that's that's a lot to ask of anyone. Exactly, especially her busy schedule because she is like the head of state there. Um, but she, you know, it's also on the other side of it of going, okay, she had to have back surgery. She's walking with the king. Can she keep up with these duties? And she's going, no. So instead of like petering around and Calling a Queen Victoria, she's like, I've got a son. He is 52 years old. His butt can get out here and do this. You know? (laughs) Like, well, and and that's kind of also part of the thing. It's very similar to um, the the English story. Right. Um, After Queen Elizabeth passed and like, Mm -hmm. finally. Yeah, after 70 years. Yeah, well, but that's what I'm saying is, is no one plans for this, and right. and you know to to be the next in line, you you kind of thought you were going to get this in I don't know, right. your, your 40s, 50s, yeah, early 30s. You know, well, no, 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 no. I I think most were would have expected that. Okay, you know, right, mom is going to be on the throne for a little while. Right. Um, you know, the, the 30, 40 years on the throne. That's right. that's plenty. Um, and then they just keep going. Yeah. Um, like it, it's this weird repetitive repeating pattern in monarchies anymore of like we ended um the the like uh 19th century monarchies with mm-hmm. monarchs who died early 20th century. Mm-hmm. And then made it, uh, and their their you know uh, uh, next in line ends up sitting on the throne <laughs> well into the next century, right? Um, and and it's like okay, that give him a minute, he's frozen. But what's even more interesting, I think, is the new queen, Queen Mary. Um, is Australian born, mm-hmm. you know, so th- we're seeing the first Australian queen mm-hmm. in Denmark. Oh, that should be interesting. Well, and, and I, I, I keep wondering how much is going to end up changing, right? Because, because now here's the thing though. Um, because granted, um, if assuming her son, uh, is 52, like you were right. saying, he potentially has a solid 20, 30 years on the throne, mm-hmm. um, versus, um, uh, King Charles, 
Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say Prince Charles. I, I'm trying to fix it. Right. Um, and, and again, this is part of the problem. Right. Um, but King Charles, uh, he's what late seventies. Yes. So I, I'm not wishing him a short life. I'm just saying he's already in his late seventies. Right. Um, I, if he gets a fifty year reign. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> and that's the sad reality is I think that we will see. Um, I think we're going to see that pattern repeat again of a short right. reign followed by holy crap. Right. Even if he serves twenty years, mm-hmm. Harry's going to be in his forties when he take when it's King Harry, King William. He's already in his forties. No way. Honey, he he was only born a couple of years before I before we were. Or before I was. I think he's actually your age. Oh, York. He is 41. He is your age. Oh, my age. See, that's what I'm saying. Like you're sitting here going, in 20 years he'll be in his 40s. And I'm like, oh honey, he's already there. In okay. 20 years, he'll be in his 60s. Right. And again, like, no, he, he could end up doing a, a, a solid semi-long-term reign. Right. Um, but it's also equally possible that things could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not wishing ill on anyone. I'm just saying it could occur quickly that, you know, just as King Charles dies, Mm-hmm. You, what would be the normal succession could be interrupted by, you know, I don't know, a heart attack. Right. And jump to a grandchild mm-hmm. and then push that for like another 50, 60, possibly a 70 year reign. Right. Um, Depending, because I mean, if we assume that, you know, another, you know, uh, 50, 60 years of medical science is going to bump us to an even longer life expectancy. Right. Um, you could see him, uh, that future monarch have, you know, right. a very, very long reign. Right. Um, finally leaving the throne at like 112. True. But, and you know, a lot of people don't, get it in general that it takes a good bit you know if we look at um i'm not you know the former queen of the netherlands she also advocated because she after 33 years kind of like i'm done in 2013 and i think the other queens just kind of went like um no we're not doing that. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, well, I actually just had an old wow moment because I was wondering who is the longest reigning monarch in history? Because mm-hmm. I was sitting here going, is Elizabeth the longest? Mm-hmm. It's King Louis the Fourteenth. Really? He be- he took the throne at age four. He was monarch for 72 years. Right. So... I like hi. hi. Um I like how you want to count that because you know there there's 
hopefully right. a good 14 years that he was not actually in power. Right. That, that this was a <laughs> by proxy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, still, I, I was just wondering how close are we to a monarch that could reign for an actual right god awful 80 years not saying their entire reign would be 80 years i'm just saying for them it would be a god awful 80 years <laughs> like I, though then again improving health outcomes exactly you know for debating lifetimes to being 120 130 years that could be very quickly mm-hmm that that could start pushing that one but no this is where we're at that mm -hmm. you know we're like because frankly he was he uh so uh louis the 14th mm -hmm. um that that was a fluke right i mean becoming king at age four i mean how you want to count that um like technically right um yeah, he had a, a yeah. region for at least 16 years. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth II is in the number two spot. Yeah. Because of that technicality of King Louis XIV. Right. And I think if she hadn't had the hip fracture, that she probably would have been the, you know, she would have gone probably 76 years, which is scary. Because she was still up and moving and doing business a day before. Mm -hmm. Oh, very true. Um, but it looks like... Yeah, to hit 70 years seems to be roughly about it. Yeah. Um, before... Uh, there's some in the 60s mm -hmm. and then it starts dropping into the 50s real quick mm -hmm. like the top 28 longest uh, reigning monarchs um, the bottom of the list is Henry III for 56 years right and that so. was a tumultuous one you know but then you know we have kings and queens throughout the world that are leading and setting in secretaries of states but i think it's a new era i think that you know like they're ruling countries while we're over here like you know trying to get rulers to like behave themselves and they're like oh this is hogwash mm -hmm. i mean it's it, it, on some levels it's really nice to see a long-reigning monarch right it can pr promote a lot of stability in the, both the world, um, if they're in a major power, right. um, you know, or, or large military countries, you know, France, United Kingdom, etc. Right. Um, it, it does have a tendency to, to uh, make the world a little more stable. It does because of the, and, you know, I think that's also, and, you know, we also need to include like the Pope in this because, Oh, who, who was the Pope when we were young? Um, pope Francis? Mm. 
Yeah, Pope Francis. Okay. Or no, John Paul. Yeah, John Paul. Like, he handled so much crap in this world. To be a religious leader, but also to be a secretary, you know, a head of state. He was able to move mountains. Like, it was a big thing when he got involved in it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, with that, it's kind of like, we don't have that now. You know, like, the influence isn't there. In my opinion. Yeah, John Paul II. I was looking to see. There's a lot of (laughs) changeovers there. Right. Oh. Poor Pope John Paul I all 33 days. Mm -hmm. That one was charged. Yeah. Well, I'm looking back before that, 15 years, 4 years, 19 years, 17 years, 7 years, 11 years. Right. Like, the 20th century was hard on popes. (laughs) You've seen it, you know. I mean... Of course, then again, 17th century and 16th century, just, God, Pope every year. Um, Or so it feels. (laughs) Like, that was... Of course, you know, our new, you know, Pope Francis is not putting up with BS. True. Um, And definitely very not into the bureaucracy... Mm-mm. Of the Vatican, right? Um, and, and sounds like he is trying to modernize, right? Well, what a funny. I, I'm sorry. I give great credit to someone who who's you know head of the Catholic Church and 87 years old. Yeah, and like, going, oh, that's I no small you. thing. We can't get that out of fucking elected leaders for a country. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and they're religious for political reasons, not actual religion. Right. Most of the time. Right. Um, so I do give credit. I do give credit. Right. And, you know, he recently talked about being able, you know, he giving priests permission to bless um, LGBT marriages, not give the ceremony. You can't get married during the church yet, boys. Slow it down. Let it Technically... I think that is bless the people, mm-hmm. um, not the unions, mm-hmm. not the marriage. Um, can't right. perform the marriage, can't bless the marriage, can't bl- technically, I think, bless the relationship. Yes, you, but can. you can. Okay. This was like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, blessing the same-sex couple. So the bishops in conference are cornered the corner of the church, such as Africa. They said they didn't allow priests to perform these practices, which they believe were contradictory to church doctrine. He corrected them and said, oh, no, 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 no. If they're doing it right, bless them. Okay. So an Italian priest decided to spout his mouth off, and he got fired. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um an Italian priest has been excommunicated by his local bishop for saying in a homely, uh, I guess a video that the 
Pope Francis is not the Pope and calling him a superficial. Ooh, so, oh, you don't like this? That is some hot Vatican tea. Get out of here. <laughs> like, mmm, mmm, that is a spicy opinion to have. Right. Because, you know, um, to, it would be like handled quietly. Oh, no. Francis is going, this is the new church. Get with it or get out. <sighs> Never let it said that men that wear that much satin are not going to be aggressive. Right. And I think because he's, <laughs> he's having to drag these people into the 20th century. I know, and you would think in that much of a drag show it would be easier, but no. No. Just saying. I'm just drag. saying. It's, it's kind of a drag show. Yeah. Well, it's pompous. It, you know, it's celebration. I can't mm -hmm. give them shit because you know, love. Have you seen some of the Wiccan drag? We got we got robes. We got pretty stuff. So why give them shit? Well, fair enough. I'm just going like, but you, you know, y'all, y'all gotten with the times, You're right? Like that's that's not really been an issue. I'm just going, mm -hmm. you know, for 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 for. It, it's the juxtaposition of I I you know if I take off my glasses I can't tell the difference between RuPaul's Drag Race mm -hmm. and you know news from the Vatican. Like if there's not sound. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to tell a difference. I can explain how to do that, though. Blue eyeshadow. Just keep looking for the blue eyeshadow. One of the queens has to be wearing blue eyeshadow. Some no. queen somewhere must wear blue eyeshadow. No, the quality of the silk. Okay. RuPaul's Drag Race buys better silk than the Vatican. Really? You want really? me to like check thread count without my glasses? You should be able to check thread count without your glasses. If it looks solid, it's a drag queen. If it looks like it's tempered and tissue paper, it's the Pope. Please, I'd be lucky without my glasses watching the, the big TV in the living room to tell the difference between you and Tammy Faye Baker. Uh, and again, I'm going to have to look for the blue eyeshadow. Yeah, because I don't wear blue eyeshadow. That's a terrible Exactly. Problem. This is what I'm saying. This is the only way I'm telling the difference. Okay. Alrighty. You know, like so that that's been interesting watching the fallout, you know, of, oh my God, we're changing tradition. No, you're not. Like, he actually brought up a lot of historical things and going, are you nuts? Mm -hmm. Like, these are the things you've been forgetting for 40 years. Do I need to remind you again? Well, there's, there's, yeah. I mean, it's not like the Catholic Church has been totally, like, it's one of those institutions. It's not like it hasn't modernized at all. Right. It's it's taken some things in and been like, you know what, that's, that's not gonna, that's not flying into the 20th century. Well, like, yeah. times are changing, people are changing, asking people to do this. Right. Is not not gonna work. Well, and but here's the other thing, and this was brought up by another interviewer. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to. It was three in the morning. What do you expect? Um, I find it highly interesting, and they did too. 
mm-hmm. that Pope Francis, you know, does this as, you know, it's coming to light that actually the word homosexuality wasn't added to 1949 to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he's 49 like, or 47? Because uh, I know there's the, the whole um, documentary that we keep trying to catch. Right. Well, yes, if they would like release it. Yes. Yeah, 19. Nineteen forty nine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. There the, and that was a potential. And the whole debate of the documentary is it's a potential misinterpretation, right? That out of thin, uh, thin blue sky, mm-hmm. um, someone decided um, to to translate it this way, right? versus the way it had traditionally been interpreted and there's really not a lot of good support for interpreting it that way right that it's it's kind of someone had an agenda and they pushed it and kaboom right you know and it's getting even more and more kaboom in general and i think that's coming to light and i think it's making shakes around the world because if anyone's going to have access to Bibles before that time, mm-hmm. it's going to be the Vatican. They've got them all in, the, you know, their vault. Well, and it more so begs the question: so why go along with it? You know what I mean? Like, as in, why why do this? Because right. I think that's going to be the more damning problem, right? Um, and, and I think perhaps the Pope sees that as like a long range problem for the church. Right. Um, is that if we don't start changing things now, mm-hmm. when we have to finally confront this, right, we're going to get blasted with both barrels. Yes. Like people are going to be pissed. Exactly, because that, you know, that's just one word. Mm-hmm. What's scarier is what else did they change? Well, and maybe more to the point is how much has changed over time and is it important? No. Um, you know, like, what one, what you're asking, what, ha- what all has changed? Not just right. from 49, but from, you know, the history. You're right. Like, eternal of the Bible, mm-hmm. how much has changed, how much has been reinterpreted, what is your basis for it, mm-hmm. um, and, and then what does that mean for people? Right. And then more importantly for for a number of, you know, your, your elderly relatives that have been long-term good standing members of the Catholic Church. hmm how because you know once once the plug pulls on this mm-hmm. um and it becomes a mainstream topic and this is you know and the church has to confront it, it it's it's gonna be a bubble right of okay then we need to go back to square one tell me what i actually believe again right 
because if that was so wrong for so long, what else? Yeah. Like hit me now. Don't, 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 don't hit me, you know, and dribble this out over the next 20 years. Or 40 Oh, years. yeah, you know, this thing about blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's not really exactly... Right. Um, you know, huh. um, and just walk through all these little things one by one. It's, it's going to be very... Um, it'll be a very large struggle. I think that's going to be a large struggle anyhow. I mean, because the only reason we have the King James Version was, you know, he had had a problem trying to control his people through common doctoring and common doctoring is conversation you know through you know well that's just immoral well that's just you know we don't do that either right so you well, know at a time in which the church had a lot of power sometimes more than the uh monarch right so it was kind of a, a, a pull of power away from the church. Mm -hmm. And then it was also an opportunity to, to get creative. Right. And throw some things in there because no one reads this. Right. Well, it's kind of like the, you know, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. The actual translation from the Greek version is thou shalt not suffer a poisoner to live. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the question becomes, what does poisoner mean in that context? Right. Like, did it mean which, and that's an appropriate translation based on period, based on, mm -hmm. or is it totally wrong? And it was someone else's, you know, moment to step in and go, you know. Funny thing. Funny thing. There's this thing called witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, we'd like to burn some. Right. Um, we just need a little bit of blessing. Right. Um, so if we could change this right here, mm -hmm. um, we, we would have all the ammo we need. Right. To, to go on a witch hunt. Well, um, and, and you know, let's kind of clarify why that was changed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he kind of pissed off some healers. We have this budding practice of male practitioners. Mm -hmm. um, what I mean by male practitioners is doctors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're getting really pissed off because the women in the town can do better than they are. And people go see her first. They only call him whenever they cannot. You know. So the budding field of medicine was was an interesting time. Right. You know, so they have that, and then apparently a group of them did not like the queen from Holland. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, according to confessions, basically kept her away from England for about four years, a little, you know, a little just a few little storm, you know, almost sunk the ship. Nothing major. Really, it was just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of drizzle. Nothing major. You know, it isn't, you know, the witch's fault that the ships just cannot handle a little rain. You know, they all say, Mary, you know, if it's good luck to rain on your marriage um, day, but, you know, 
just that little pesky thing there. So suddenly that got changed in the Bible. No, I mean, there's, there's, well, and then there's everything before King James. Right. Like, that's, that's more so the, probably the bigger uh, fear is that there's good and bad to King James mm -hmm. and the King James version of, of the Bible um, is because it was the first English translation. Mm-hmm meant for common people to read because everything before that you were at the whim and mercy of the interpretation of your local priest right and and or the ability to read you know latin and all these other languages right because the great big bible at the front of your lovely 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 church um is going to be in latin or Greek, depending on the sections. Um, and then, so, again, that kind of brings up the point of, you know, how much got changed. Right. Before it even got there in a, you know, hand-scribed slash possibly early printed. Right. Um, then King James started, you know, disseminating it around the world, which sort of a good thing. Right. You know, at least you can go check the source. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, that's not what mine says. Right. So you at least have somewhere to start a debate in a conversation. Right. You know, and then, you know, the selection of the books, that's another big thing because he kind of took out anything that flattered women at all. Mm -hmm. You know. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a little angry. Yeah, he was a little bit of a male chauvinist pig. Well, there was that. There was that. Yeah, kind of had a problem with you know, wives. Yes. No, that's Henry VIII, honey, that had a problem with wives. You know, oh. they just kept losing their head. Well, no, he was the one that that kept murdering his wives. I thought King James part of that was divorce. Mm -mm. That's Henry VIII. Okay. Yeah. Ah, okay. So anywho. So anywho. You know, so we're seeing history in the making playing out in front of us and corrective history occurring. I'm normally not for corrective history. I am for this corrective history. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the religions deal with us. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? On how the other religions are going to deal with it? I think it's going to come down pretty much the same way. Mm -hmm. Is there... I don't think with quite the the enamorment, um, I think many people are just going to faction off and go, well, we're not changing our beliefs. We, we That's kind of why we're here. Is because you hated all the same people we did, so we're just going to faction off and continue hating them. Right. Um, it's kind of hard to faction off from the Catholic Church. Um, I, I mean, not that it hasn't been done. It's been done, but at this point. At this point, what are you going to get out of it? You know, like, you know what, what was the last 
faction off of the Catholic Church, Lutherans? Yeah. I mean, that's been a hot minute. <laughs> cows, you know, and then they spluttered and splintered, and you know, now we got Presbyterians, Methodists, and we've seen them all face this. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I got quite enamored with the Mormon church pushing for the marriage laws. Like, mm -hmm. oh, no, 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 we actually support this one. Like, give them marriage. There you go. What? And I'm like, excuse me, you know. The founders of, you know, cognitive therapy or whatever you want to call it, you want to married now? This is interesting. Let's watch this play out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it should be interesting. should be interesting where this goes over the next few years. Right. And um, what it turns into. Like, I'm waiting for the list. Right. I'm waiting for the list because there's going to be. I think there's going to be a long list mm -hmm. that, like, the the church is going to have to come forward with, and it's going to be like, wow, right. That's a lot of things, right. And I think they're probably going to be very positive for women, right. Um. I really kind of do. I, I I think there's probably going to be a lot of things that, that we think we know about Catholicism that got lost in translations. I think there will be. I think that we may even see a return of some of the older doctoring from it. Yeah, what's been hiding under a rock for all these millennia. Mm -hmm. Well, hidden in the vault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That may be part of it, too, is what else is there? Because I think that may be a one-two, like, potentiality. Right. Is that all the material comes out. Right. Not just, like, here's what's the Bible, but right. here's all the other stuff that we have. Because we're going to have to go 100% transparent or mm -hmm. this is going to get ugly. Right. I'm just, I like, I know we're talking about the Catholic Church and I'm talking about it like it's PR thing, but it kind of is. Well, it is because, you know, they got to keep the coffers up. Well, more, more importantly, I think, is the idea that that has a potential to, uh, like, fracture the church. Right. Like, a number of people are going to have a crisis of faith, of faith at that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, rip the Band-Aid, just rip the Band-Aid, just rip the Band-Aid. Because, again, if you dribble this out, if you wait for the next person right. to come in and do an expose, mm -hmm. you're going to have a problem. Right. Or get access to the vaults and get out the scrolls that are the originals from the third and fifth 100th century, mm -hmm. we're going to be in problems. I promise yeah. you. I think it's going to be a giant biblical data dump. Oh, I think that if, if we would digitize those vaults, we would be amazed at some of the stuff because it's also a lot of astrology information down there. Well, I think it's cute you think that it hasn't been. I just think that is a very, very, very secure server. Right. 
Like it is not online. It is not generally publicly accessible. I'd say it sits politely in a vault room mm -hmm. and you get access to it. You, you And that's probably a very short list of people. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me see who done this. BuzzFeed published an article, and I thought we would take just the topics and see if we agree with them or if we think it's PR bullshit. Okay. All right. So topic one, many people think it's all orgies and threesomes. It's actually mostly scheduling and debriefing. <laughs> right. This is 17 times polyamory people don't hold anything back and reveal what's really going on in their love life. It is all about scheduling. Like, we even have a dedicated show about keeping a schedule. Yes, we do. All right. And all it is a lot. There's there's a lot to... to it's a lot of people moving in different directions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number two, a lot of people seem to think all polyamorous relationships are group relationships. Um, that's actually the rarer configuration. Agreed. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's easier to explain the polycule concept mm -hmm. that, like, open a modern drug insert and, and pull out where it has that cute little diagram of the, the molecule chain. Mm -hmm. That's more what it looks like. Yeah. That's, that's more what it looks like. Okay, what's up next? Uh, that the guy never gets laid and the woman gets laid constantly. To be fair, this often happens in the first month or two. The outcome I've seen is female early success and male long-term success. It's not hard to find a guy who wants to have sex, but it's hard to find one who's good at it and is available for a long-term relationship. I've actually known poly relationships where the woman struggles in the long run and the man finds a stable, happy relationship within a few months. Of course, this is just a tendency. Doesn't always happen. Mm. I, I don't completely I, agree with that one. I I think that's very short term focused, mm -hmm. and that sounds a lot like we're opening our relationship, Polly. Right. Um, which I I don't know personally. I kind of feel like they're almost two different monsters. Right. Like there, there's there's poly as a relationship model that has poly people that you know this is their how they date and form relationships and it's a continuous thing, and then you have people that well we started off in monogamy and then we realized or we decided or we whatever whatever yeah we whatevered and you know went to poly. Um, and I, I think in that context, yeah, that's probably a true statement. Mm -hmm. um, as to and again, short term ish, like you're you're starting with like what is their pathway and how does it go? Mm -hmm. um, and I mostly say that because of like this this kind of starting point comparison, right. Um, where you're both starting this at the same time. Um, 
and, and that sounds more like open the relationship poly not poly is part of like high the initial you know i find yeah. people and right they have people and there's more people and blah 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 right but you um, know, the other side of that you know if we reinterpret it it's almost like that statement that you know bottoms are always dating and it's like no not really I'm sorry, the bottoms are always dating? Like, they get, bottoms get more dates than tops do. Or, you know, there's always more bottoms than tops. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works, them dumbs. Stop whining. I, I think sometimes you end up seeing more of more bottoms online at any given point than tops. Right. right. I think that does truly work out. But not that there are more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but again, I think both of them are misconceptions. All right. What's the next one they tried to fire off? I think the main misconception, even when sometimes it's meant well, is about jealousy. The stereotype is in either direction. Charitably, it's that jealousy never happens and everyone in a poly relationship never experienced it because they're always fucking least charitably it's that strong jealousy is always occurring in poly relationships and they inevitably break up into monogamous relationships as those in it inherently get possessive and exclusive the truth is that in solid ones it still comes up on occasion but gets addressed and worked out a big indicator of whether poly relationships along uh, alongside relationships in general work out is communication speaking honestly about boundaries and feelings um, I'm kind of down for that one. Okay. I I mean, yeah. I do think there are truly people that it's like jealousy is not a thing. Right. Um, I I I think though it can also be said that once you get used yeah. to experiencing jealousy mm -hmm. and self dealing with it. Um, and have gone through it a few times in a relationship um, with, with to positive result, um, I, I think it becomes a non-issue. I mean, it occurs, you discuss it, you work through it, you move on pretty quickly. Like, right. phone it in, dude, phone it in. Oh, I'm jealous about this. Yeah, I know, blah, blah, blah. How do you feel now? I feel better. Okay, cool. Right. You know, it's not, it, it doesn't become jealousy like this horrible three-headed monster in the middle of a bar, just craziness. Right. It's, yeah. it's more like, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm dealing with. I know that's not logical, but that's how I feel. Right. Um, you know, I need reassurances on the following. Okay, here's your reassurances. Okay, thank you so much. I trust you. Mm -hmm. And we're done. Well, that, and I think that normally it's not to do with the other relationship. It's to do with your own relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not getting enough time, not getting enough attention. I wanted to go see that movie too. Great, it's a wonderful movie. I'd love to go watch it too. You know, mm -hmm. we were supposed to do that. Well, yeah, and we've got that on the schedule for next month. I just couldn't think of an idea to do this Thursday. Right. Those things are like normal. I won't say consequences, but like normal 
like it another relationship will shine cracks in your relationship very quickly i i think it's the 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 more so the definition of jealousy shifts over time it does that that when we generally speak in the world about jealousy it's a big horrible monster mm-hmm. in poly it comes up so much it's like monsters Inc. Well, it's a little monster. It's cute. It's adorable. It's 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 slimy and fluffy, um, and and it rears its head. And it's like, oh, and we deal with that. And then it's like, okay, go play. <laughs> yeah, or like, here's your cheesecake as per requested since our conversational check in last week. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, thank you. Come again. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Next up is that it means all of our relationships are casual and or we're always looking for casual relationships or hookups. I've had people try to ask me out. And when I mentioned I was poly, their response was along the lines of, oh, that's fine. I'm dating around two. I'm not looking for anything serious anyways. I'm like, okay, well, I am not dating around at all. I've been with my current partners for years and I'm exclusively interested in pursuing long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. So this isn't going to work out. Yeah. I think that's true for people. I don't know how true that is for the entire poly community. Right. And then that starts to get into the finer point lines between non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, and polyamory. Right. But I think the inherent problem there mm-hmm. is a lot of people get chastised, whatever you want, about short-term hookup relationships. No one talks about that. No, really. It's kind of like, what's your flavor? What are you in the mood for? What do you have the time for? I think polyism, you know, polys have to take a different look at it and going, am I looking for something to fill in on Friday night while I'm on the business trip? Or am I actually looking for a long-term relationship? You know, do I have the time for it? Now, there we go. Uh, fair enough. Um, I, I think the bigger, the big issue with this one is most certainly the fact that it's the assumption that when you hear poly, you know what that means in terms of what someone's looking for beyond mm-hmm. either multiple relationships, multiple partners, mm-hmm. um, that they either have them, want them, or some combination thereof. And right. starts trying to define someone at a dating level, right? Of like being specifically promiscuous or not, right? And it's like, no, Polly doesn't tell you that, right? Just knowing someone's Polly doesn't tell you that, right? You know, because there are those Polly couples out there that are fidelity poly and they don't date anyone except what's in their circle. They aren't looking to add to the ranch. Like, yeah, they, they, they have their three, four, five, 10, 15, whatever that, that number is. Mm-hmm. And like, Nope, we're closed at like, you know, sorry, right. Not interested. This is it. This is the whole polycule. Like it is locked down and shut down. Right. Um. So yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Right. 
Okay, All right. ready for the next one. Yep. Um, there seems to be this attitude among some people that if you're in a monogamous relationship with mostly vanilla sex, then you're not very sophisticated, that all the real experts in sex who really know what they're doing are going to be into polyamory and BDSM and all sorts of weird positions, as if the vanilla sex havers are like the high school grads of sex and the polyamorous BDSM people are the PhDs. Oh, fuck no. No. <laughs> That's, I, I don't know, where, like, you know, no. 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 Um, there are vanilla child. people, there are BDSM people, there are puppies, there, there's all kinds. Well, there's all kinds, but on the other side of that, this isn't a grading system. If you're into it, be good at it. If you're not into it, don't do it. There's well, there's that too, but more so, it's not like like all the boring people over here in monogamy, and all the cool kids are over right. here in polyamory, BDSM, and all the other things. Eh, no, 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 no. Not the one. That's not how it works. It's no. like saying that everybody that just likes a cheese pizza is boring. No, yeah. shush. He'll be home in an hour. Yes, he'll be home in an hour. Can you behave till then? Okay. Oh, any single poly relationship that ends will always be used by someone as proof that poly doesn't work. <sighs> yes, it will be. Yes, it yes. will be. Someone will do it. Someone will do it. Always do it. Mm -hmm. Never ever do we ever hear the end of that one. All right. But the other side of that is it's normally the people that leave the relationship for reasons other than polyamory, i.e. boundary crossing and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to drop on your head, Dodo. Um, will use it as their defense. Not like, oh, I crossed boundaries and didn't respect the agreements we had in the relationship. And then I even went another step forward and decided that it was great to just move someone into the house without talking to the other partners. Mm -hmm. so that's why Polly is. That's why my relationship ended. They just blame it on Polly. Like there's well, no ability. Yeah, I, I think probably one of the overarching issues, it, 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 like the, the, commingles itself right. with that proof mm -hmm. is that you, you can have a bad monogamous relationship go on for a real long time. Mm -hmm. It's real hard right. um, to add additional people, i.e. polyamory, and have a bad relationship not explode in everyone's face. Right. Um, because at that point you've, you've, you start spotlighting problems, right? Like you, you've shined a, the brightest light on them. Right. Um, because now you have other opinions. Now you have other people going, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Um, because any two people in a relationship can convince each other. This is, this is okay. Yeah. That third person. Right about there. 
um, is going to be the beginning of the end. See, this is where I disagree. I think it's the fourth. Possibly. Yeah. I'm saying, it, like, you can potentially find three people that are all like, no, this is good, this is good, this is fucked up, but it's good. Right. Um, but yeah, okay, fair enough. By four, you, you start no like, one's really testing the water, or testing the limits there. Right. Of, like, four people that all agree that this effed up situation is, like, totally fine. Right. No. Nope. That's that gets a little more. That gets a lot harder to to pull off. It does, and it gets a lot more like. Did you see what he done? Yeah, promise you, Meadows will start talking. Mm -hmm. Well, you... and we've seen that. We've actually seen that the authors of more than two mm -hmm. got yanked into that. Oh yeah, is that like you know with three people? if I remember correctly, it, they they could pull off this idea that their relationship model was worth writing a book over mm -hmm. and that all these things were good. And then the more people, right, the faster everyone got together and went, this is fucked up. Right. Well, like, yeah. hierarchical polyamory is bullshit. And we've seen that also in another instance... Which, side note, that's a personal opinion on hierarchical polyamory. There are some people that do it and enjoy it, right. and it works for them. Um, it, it is More Than Two is a horrible book for that. Um, we've, we've kind of all agreed. Um, but kind of the, the bigger point there is that there's a lot of things that are problematic about hierarchical polyamory. Mm -hmm. um, that you have to get right for it to work. Mm -hmm. um, and typically people interested in hierarchical polyamory are not also interested in getting those things right. Right. But the other part of that is we've seen hierarchical polygamy play out. And we've seen what happens when the fourth one comes and it's like, oh, yeah, all that just sucks. Yeah, he really sucks as a husband. And then the additional side of that is when that hierarchical change occurs. Mm -hmm. You know, Sister Rose has shown you what happens <clears throat> with, you know, Mary, who is skilled at being the head wife and the legal, well, the legal wife, is what I, call it. I call it the head wife. And it switched to Robin. The fucking family went into a fucking insanity and now it's blown yeah. up. Total tells that handed to us for I don't know twenty years. Sue didn't work for Cody, so it can't work for anybody else. Yeah, and the immediate response on that is that was hierarchical polygamy. Yeah, which is not quite the same as polyamory. That's that's there. There's a crowbar of separation between those two. No, it's um, do what now? It's kissing problems. Well, not when you combine the hierarchical aspect. No, what I say is, you know, if you take hierarchical polygamy mm -hmm. and hierarchical polyamory with a one-penis policy, you have the same thing. You have polygamy at that point, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and effectively at that point, um, in one-penis policy is exactly what it sounds like, is that in all of the relationships you could possibly have, Mm -hmm. born of of you know the this polyamorous situation right. um only one of them 
should be with a man. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That, that, that can, those two together, that pretty much reconstitutes into polygamy. Right. Um, it, it's just polygamy, but we like bisexuals too. Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of where that goes. Right. All right. On to number eight. What's wrong with, uh, what do people get wrong? That it's all fun. IMO is not that fun. I mean, is it all fun? No. Is it? Can it be fun? Yes. yes. Um, I, 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 I can't say I necessarily agree with this one. Um, their further comment is it's a lot of work, like every other relationship dynamic. Honestly, even more so because there are more people involved. So if one person is stressing, other partners might be affected too. At least that's my experience. I think that's, I, I think the, the further comment. Right. Yeah, I, I can see where you're at there. Right. Um, I, I do think that it has a potential. I will say this is a negative on polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you can have a lot of uh, bleed occur between one relationship into another relationship into another relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is about boundaries. Some of that is about recognizing that, like, you know, I'm not responsible for what right. your other partner is doing. Right. Like, so, you know, if you have a problem with them, go take it up with them. Don't don't bring it to me. Right. Um, because, I, I mean, get advice and all that, yes, but, like, to show up and be like, you're going to be my punching bag for crap they did. Yeah, that ain't Oh, yeah, that can get very unfun real quick. But there are also certain circumstances that, like, when you have a relationship, like, stressed out or devolving or, you know, a major event occurring in, in that one relationship, and that, too, can also bleed over. Right. Um, and to an extent, that's to be expected, and it can be... Um, a, aggravating i like it can especially when people are all similar if they are all similarly situated mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of like the benefit of like having kind of staggered life situations mm-hmm. is that you know it, if you're all hitting the high of like, you know, oh, I got my master's degree and oh, I got the, you know, 100K job and oh, we just bought a house and oh, that's really good. And, and that'll just like amplify and keep feeding off of each other. Right. But then you start moving into, oh, my dad fell and broke his hip and now he needs a caregiver. And oh, my dad just, you know, had a heart attack. And oh, my mom just needed, you know, a, a hip replacement. Right. Like, it, it can become a bit straining. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading Shannon's comment. You can go ahead. Nah, i listen to you guys and say, that sounds exhausting. Yes. Um, <laughs> it can be. It can be. 
Um, it actually becomes. Oh, dude, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just you got kicked off the island. Yes, and I've actually used that as a breakup text. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and yes, poly people are always looking for more D&D players. Of course. Um, and please make sure you bring at least one streaming service. Right. Just saying, right. Disney Plus is still a hot commodity. See, I haven't seen anything on there in a while that's worth it. Hush. Right now I'm looking for um, TLC Go, but, you know. That's just... Ew! Ew! You're gonna I give it up for TLC Go? Married. I'm gonna have to get a meta because you want TLC Go? Ew! <laughs> Ew! I'm, I judge both y'all's tastes now. <laughs> and, and in hypothetics, but I still, I judge both y'all's tastes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That is that is that is the Edsel of flipping streaming. Again, it's the only place where I can watch the talk facts and the uh, wedding specials. Oh, Shannon points out, doesn't Max have TLC? Possibly. They're only posting them to TLC Go at this point. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so next up, that polyamorous relationships inherently aren't as serious as monogamous ones. I've had a lot more success dating in poly circles because I fall for people slowly and need time and patience from my partners. This is also due to having a lot of work and study commitments. When I'm not the only person my partner is dating, it allows them flexibility to have their needs met from others when I don't have the time to do so. I've found that a lot of poly people are bisexual as well, and they're able to explore that a lot more freely. I don't know that I necessarily want to take on that last one and be like, that's true. I don't know. Like, Okay, I, I think that aren't are serious. No, I don't agree with that. I think that aren't as codependent. True. Um, yeah, mono well, because granted, it, you have to start at like what are the problems of monogamy and what is it kind of like what is it that poly is the alternative to, right? Um, and that in many instances, when you start looking at the problems in monogamy, mm -hmm. um, that demanding from one human being that they provide everything, right. Um, that doesn't always work. Right. Um, and it can lead to a lot of anger and resentment in this happily ever after marriage model. Right. Of monogamy. Right. Um, that you're supposed to just have this one person that you rely on and, and that you are co-relying on. Right. Um, through periods in time where it's like, yeah, I got my own shit too. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you can't draw water from an empty well. <laughs> well, well, my cup doth not runneth over. Not today, it don't. <laughs> not today, Satan. Not today. Try to again tomorrow. Yeah. Go to the next text message. All right. So, 10. They assume that it's carte blanche to cheat or that poly folks are incapable of being faithful. 
In truth, it's a lot of communication, more than a typical relationship. It generally has a lot of rules as to uh, what does or does not constitute cheating. It can mean that anything over the close is okay, but that you don't date apart, or that everyone is equally involved. Uh, this is called a polycule. Now, that's probably one of the worst combos. Yeah. But no, it's not carte blanche to cheat. And um, again, this kind of goes back to the open the relationship to Polly and the uh -huh. problems that people have with that whole concept. Right. Is like, we've been a monogamous couple for the last 10, 5, 18, 30, whatever years, mm -hmm. um, married or not. Um, and we've decided, you know, or one, the, the scariest phrase in all of polyamory is... My partner announced that they're they identify as Polly. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Oh, the bad things that usually follow that sentence. Yeah. Um, because usually it's a treasure trove of garbage. Yes. Um, rarely is it ever a good, wholesome story. It's just like, oh, you just got cornered into if you loved me, you would let we would open up. Right. Um, but those that open up to Polly, um, there is unfortunately a pretty pronounced number of people mm -hmm. um, that it ends up being permission to cheat. Is what it works out to. Well, here's the thing with this, and like it or hate it, aggravated or not, mm -hmm. I think it causes to have a deeper conversation about what is cheating. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's first and foremost. Um, that, But that is where, like, the ones that open up typically fail. Right. Like, relate, like talking about cheating, talking in general, uh, making good rules and agreements, right. um, understanding what the fuck a boundary is and how to use one. Right. Um, like, those are all recurring topics that are just like... The number of people who screw that up. And it's like, that is probably the, the biggest barometers of poly success. Right. Can you communicate? Do you know what a rule is? Do you know what a boundary is? Mm -hmm. Can you create an effective agreement? Um, and then what do you do when it goes south? Right. Because inevitably, it, it, it there's going to be something. Right. Um, All right. So, and here's an example of that. A rule is, you do not wake me unless you've got coffee ready. Mm -hmm. A boundary is, do not, you know, please do not let anyone cook in my kitchen. Or you will, you know, they will not get a good recommendation from me. Well, technically the boundary form of that is, if you let someone cook in my kitchen, um, we will have issues. They will not have a good recommendation or standing in this household or relationship. Um, so I would suggest not doing that. But if you do, mm -hmm. here's what's going to happen. Right. That's a boundary. Right. And cheating in this sphere of the world is you went and opened what account with whom? 
I mean, in, in, in some fairness, yes. Um, typically, though, cheating is what are your agreements? What What is appropriate? What kind of poly do you have? Mm-hmm. Um, like what, what, it, what are the, the desires of all the people involved? Right. Um, and so more so it typically cheating is you didn't tell a partner about a partner mm-hmm. or you waited, you, you provided false information, you lied to them in order to see someone else like that, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those can be really crunchy things. Yes. Oh, number 11. Oh, why? Oh, that it's a phase someone goes through, and it simply isn't a normal variation of a healthy approach to sexuality or romantic relationships. Can we get rid of this phase idea? Yes, please, because, damn, this is a long damn phase. 20 fucking plus years. Well, more to the point, like, this was the status of relationships before marriage. Right. Like, hi, you, you want to talk about something that really doesn't have a long history? Marriage does not have a long history. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, multiple relationships um, simultaneously... Um, were more of a norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after marriage, like marriage was the nice, pretty piece of paper. Well, it was the contract of the assets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's they are, how you, how they get distrib- distributed, like who has control of them? How do you, you know, join like two rich families? Right. Um, mostly in the concept of this offspring could be anyone's. Right. So we need a legal way to say, is this a product of the marriage? Okay, y'all are married and you had a child. That's, that's, pardon the word, I hate it myself, but the idea was a legitimate heir. Right. Please note the air quotes I used as I said this. It's not about necessarily people being legitimate or illegitimate. Mm-hmm. It's about specifically, is this person a product of marriage and therefore an heir based on this whole concept? Right. And How see, did the assets transfer? Exactly. And see, the other, and then even then it was instituted that, oh, no, you're expected to have other partners. I mean, there is a yeah. royal mistress in the French culture that's expected. Mm-hmm. Well, and keeping it in the pants wasn't really a big thing for, for a lot of people. No. Um, so, no, it was just the differential mm-hmm. um, between, um, right. is this a recognized, that's that's the better word I like, recognized heir or mm-hmm. not? Exactly. Like, nope, sorry, you don't get a title, You your parents weren't married. Mm-hmm. Oh, your parents were married. You get the title, right? That's it. That's that's kind of, and it spread out from there. And this lovely idea that marriage was some great resolution to the world's problems, um, and it wasn't. No. All right. What's up next? 
All right. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, number 12, that we ask people to try polyamory just because we are. No, it's not for everyone. You need to have the time, capacity, emotional availability, and uh, uh, EQ skills for a healthy re polyamorous relationship. You need to do a lot of um, work to deprogram monogamous conditioning and learn the ethics of polyamory. I, I think I'm most in on this one. Yeah, I'll, like, why is this not number one? That that's that's probably the most solid one in the list so far, so far. Um, so thirteen is men tend to think they'll be swimming in women. This is very heterocentric. Just FYI, right? Um, I don't think so. It's like tops aren't swimming in bottoms. Like I don't agree with that one. Ooh, 14 has a problem. All right. Someone doesn't know the difference between polyamory and polygamy. That people can just try polygamy and close back the relationship if they don't like it. Once the cat's out of the bag, at least one partner usually wants to stay polyamorous. Like I'm fixing your language. So uh, that people can just try uh, polyamory and close back the relationship if they don't like it once the cat's out of the bag. At least one partner usually wants to stay polyamorous. Mm. Again, I think sometimes that has a lot more to do with where did you start. Right. And I'm going to put that towards the, you know, common phrase in other live streams. Sorry, the poop is out of the horse by that point. Ooh, 15 has the same problem. That an open relationship is confused with the polygamous one. Classic and annoying. I, yeah, that's that's kind of, so again, switch it to polyamory. That an open relationship is confused with a polyamorous one. Uh, but it is in some instances. Yeah. Again, you don't know... Polyamory doesn't tell you what the person's looking for in terms of promiscuity. Right. Like, let's just call it that and be done with it. Um, the, like, how many times do we have to say that one? Right. Oh. All right. 16. Not every marriage with a third has a unicorn. Thruples exist, and they're not any less valid than a monogamous couple. The third person isn't less important within the relationship just because they don't have the legal paperwork. Um, I get so, so goddamn sick of talking about my exes and having to clarify that they uh, were not just fucking. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. 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 One, like... It, it, Unicorns are typically a product of a monogamous relationship that opens mm -hmm. um, with the idea that they're going to find and a unicorn is this perfect partner. Right. Um, I, no. Like, that. that's probably where that immediately goes wrong and everything else is just kind of garbage. Um, so quit assuming that a third in any relationship is a unicorn and stop calling them the third. Right. One, oh. I'm calling them the third. They're not, you know, that. And I don't know. I think unicorn hunting, dragon hunting, 
gets bad raps because of behaviors. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just happens. And yeah, well, and a lot of that has, again, has to go back to hierarchical polyamory and not doing the work for hierarchical polyamory to be good. Well, no, I'm saying that some throuples just occur. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that also some throuples are planned throuples and some are, are unintended throuples. Mm-hmm. Few friends that, you know, fell into a throuple. Mainly because originally they were, D, you know, DD. Um, and it turned out, oh, crap, they both were dating the same person. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry, DD? Don't ask, don't tell. D-A-D-T. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a fair amount of that. Um, and again, that kind of goes back to this uh, idea from, like, I think 15 it was and, and earlier, is that, you know, you cannot have a successful polyamorous relationship that involves also being open. Um, that, that these have to be mutually exclusive things. I think if I had to add one to the list that I haven't seen yet, mm -hmm. it's that. Yeah. All right, 17. And finally, and it really is the last one, a lot of people have the misconception that polyamory is going to fix your relationship if it's falling apart. Your relationship will absolutely fall apart if you do that. You should only do it if you're 100% on the same page and just want a little more than each other. Ooh, cringe. But it's not as easy as that. There can be lots of unknown feelings after opening the relationship. And if both of you respect each other, you will close the relationship immediately if either party isn't okay. Yeah. See, I totally disagree with... No, I disagree with part of this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I totally agree with the very first part. Right. Your relationship will absolutely fall apart it's if you do that. Watch. Yeah, will blow up. You know, especially when, you know, either partner gets into a healthy relationship. You can watch the ticking time bomb. Either the original partner will have to step it up and that relationship will have to do some work. Mm-hmm. Or it will explode. And it ain't Polly's fault. It was already dying to begin with. You can't move in another family member in a fall-down house. Exactly. Like, it will not work. What are you doing? It is not going to help. Right. Like, you should not move family into a burning house. Right. What are you doing? It will not help. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And I, we can say that portion of this very common in the forums. That's why we hate the words. Yes. Like, ugh. All right. So plead your case. Am I the asshole for changing my name after my dad gave it to his affair baby? I, female 20, have a half-sister, female 7, that is a product of my dad's affair, and he thought it would be an amazing idea to give her my name. He started forcing us to get to know each other as siblings, and my mom, being the traditional wife that she is, let her into our home. 
Don't get me wrong, I don't hate the child because I understand that she's innocent in all this. I'm actually working on getting over it and learning to love and accept her. However, I despise the fact that my dad decided to give her my name. I started hating my own name and didn't want to be associated with it anymore, so the moment I got to college, I introduced myself under a different name to everyone I met there. I got a certificate which had my new name on it, and when my dad saw it, he went berserk, claiming that I don't like his child and I don't respect her. My mom is also angry at him for what he did, especially since the name was given to me by her and not I think just take it away. I think you got this one. <laughs> okay. First of all, no, you're not an asshole. Second of all, overall, in general, fucking finalize it. Get the legal paperwork, pay the $10,000, and move on. Asshole is an asshole. Rock it along. You don't have to be a part of their life. You don't have to be a part of the second child's life. Um, I totally agree. I also think that you should be able to name yourself what you choose to name yourself. That is like should be like bare bones basics. Oh like, yeah, I, I'm definitely you know, down with the like. Your name is your name, whatever you choose that to be, if you accept the one you're given or you claim another. Right. I also think that it's shitty that the father continues to probably dead name them. Oh, you know, that's that's never going to end. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just more traumatized by the fact that, like, who does this? Right. Like, who does this? Like, why, why, why would you not look at your affair partner and be like, you know what one name we can't name this child? Right. I mean, I would think there would be a list, like, you know, maybe don't name the child after my ex-wife, my children, or, you know, um, anyone from my ex-spouse's family. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I and I'm not saying that 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 you would necessarily be that better. I would just think it would get confusing. <coughs> well, not only that, but it's like, are you trying to recreate what you blew up? You know, a little bit. Like, is this your replacement child? Did you just feel too lazy to learn a new name? Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. Um, like, I, I, I think personally, I would be, I don't know how I would deal with that. Like, I don't even know how, like the new spouse, the, right. the former affair partner, I don't know how they're dealing with that. And the reality is that every time they say like, let's give her the name Kristen. Right. You're not a little confused. Right. You know what I mean? And and how weird that could get. Because right now there's a, you know, 13 di year difference in age. Yeah. So, you know, if one gets pulled over for junk driving, it's probably not the seven-year-old. Right. But as they get older. 
exactly. It gets this, more and more complicated. Is... Legal documents get more and more complicated. Yeah. Or um, just Kristen's coming over. Which one? Right. You know. You know. So I'm sorry, Dad's the asshole. You're not change. It, you know, change your name and take it even a step farther and change it legally to what you and your mother agree upon. Even though your mother's kind of like a little pissy that you know now you you know thinks that you should do it. You know that the new child should do it. Um, it doesn't always work out that way. No. Oh, but that is a fun one. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Brenda says someone that was afraid of talking about the kid and getting busted before he came clean about having the second one. Uh -huh. Ooh, so this was keep the affair going without inadvert. See, I I would still say like, oh, I got a pimp. Uh, like you know, like what are you gonna slip on? Oh, I have to get Kristen Pampers. Like I'm pretty sure, like you, you mm, your your current spouse has to be a little dense on that one, right? Like, wow, I saw this note about getting diapers for our daughter. That seems weird, right? Child support payments? <laughs> like, what is going on? Right, and apparently there's like an inheritance, which is going to be even more challenging. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you have thought about that before you, you pulled this stunt? Right. But what I'm, from what they're saying, like they can't change the last thing because they stand to lose a lot of inheritance. I think mm -hmm. Dad's trying to pull a quick one. Because if the will says Mandy... Well, yeah. You know, which Mandy? Yeah. You're going to have fun with that in court. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope there's a, there was at least half a thought given to, like, a different middle name. Mm hmm Because that's not necessarily made clear if it's just, like, first and last, and right. there's a different middle, or if this is a full-on... Right. ...three-parter. Right. So, you're going to have to wait for this daughter to get married to be able to differentiate. Right. Um, but okay. All right. So pull up, including a dill pickle. Yep, pulls up, including a dill pickle. Now, this is a long one. We're going to go through it, and then I want to give my opinion. All right. In need of advice and how to make things work, work better. This may, uh, may be a long and winded post, so I really appreciate anyone who reads and offers some advice or help. I preface, I am 22 male who has been in a long-distance relationship, me being in the U.S., he being in Italy, with a 24-year-old male since June 2023. I, C, have known M for three years and semi-recently have both decided to further develop our relationship from a friendship to what it is today. To give some more background about how I am and he, how he is, I've only grown up knowing monogamy, and Emma has always figured or thought he is polyamorous, at least acting as such, if I am not mistaken. I feel ultimately he can, uh, or I, excuse me, I feel ultimately I can make things work, but as I've never been in this situation and growing up the way that I did, I have some inherent issues and maybe flaws as to how I view relationships. And in particular, the... 
key I uh, the one I am in now. I really want things to work as perfectly as possible, and I want to be able to further and develop a relationship uh, so that being poly does not stop me in this regard. To me, he is unequivocally, unequivocally the one we have met before and plan on meeting in the near future, as well as some other future plans together. I've been in a strictly monogamous relationship for about two years prior to this, and it's just a feeling I absolutely know, even despite being young there, are things that I guess I just feel is right, as well as being in a semi-serious relationship before. I'm also incredibly happy with him. We are very similar in, in many ways, yet different enough to keep me engaged and wanting to know more and experience more. As far as I know, he also feels the same, and my insureness will be explained later on. Now, when we first started talking to each other, we never set any boundaries, really. Again, for me, monogamy is just like a factory default setting I know all too well. However, he did state early on and possibly even before that he is a very sexual person and asked if it was okay if he occasionally has sex with other people, in which I had no problem with, given uh, distance, um, how I know him and me trusting him above all else. It wasn't until after the first time we met in person, roughly three to four months after we made it official, that he would mention his feelings about polyamorous relationships. He explained how he felt about another guy, who I will name O, who also lives 30 minutes from M. For me, I really had no idea how to act or think about it. We talked about it a lot and have talked about it several more times later on, but I still feel I have the same problems. I suppose it comes down to feeling incredibly jealous at times, since I only knew monogamy before in my head it was the end, like he doesn't care for me anymore, he doesn't love me anymore, he just wanted to look around for other people, etc. Even despite his numerous messages about how much he really loves and cares about me, how even to him I'm the one... But with how just how my brain works, I get severe anxiety thinking about future scenarios, such as when will he tell me he is no longer interested in me, etc. I will also say at this point that I am a bit more future-oriented, mostly for security, for us, and my sake. He tries to explain how he can love multiple people at once, suppose only two, also, he is unable to provide some metric of love, that, if that makes sense, in which I guess I understand, but it may just be a thing with me and how mono people view love. I try really hard to get in my head about this, but I always seem to come to a similar feeling of jealousy, insecurity with myself, am I good enough, stress, anxiety, and the likes. Ultimately, I feel like I have made progress in this regard, but I don't know how to explain this progress in words, and I'm also wondering if there is just a limit to how much I can help myself in this way. Another possibly key bit of information is that I've made it clear that I don't want any part in the other person's relationship. As of now, I don't even want to meet him. In fact, I hate him even though I don't know him just because of the jealousy I feel. <laughs> And how insecure it makes me feel at times. M has reassured me that this was 100% okay with him. 
I feel like there's many more maybe small nuances that I can keep listing, but I don't think writing our entire autobiography would help. I will just say a bit more in that I've asked for constant reassurance, transparency, etc., and he is okay with anything I ask. Sometimes uh, I sometimes feel the need to ask him if he still loves me, but to him it makes him feel bad because then he doesn't think I trust him, which I do at heart, but just with how my brain works and the situation I'm in, I may do things that doesn't reflect that when I'm seeking for validation and reassurance, I ask him when he goes out with O, what their plans are, etc. very often. He says he only hangs out with him maybe one to two times a week, which I uh, feel it. I used to have his uh, love location for other reasons, but I guess once this whole situation with polygamy began, I started anxiously checking where he was, and I eventually removed myself, and then he hasn't added me back. Maybe to protect me, I haven't asked. Oh, so they had a location tracking app. Right. Um, I'm also unsure if I should or should not know things with the other person he loves, like what their plans are, etc. On one hand, I would feel constantly anxious as to where he is, leading to bad thoughts and hypotheticals, but on the other, if I know everything, then I become insecure and jealous. One last thing is that I also feel as if I am doing more to make it work besides just his love for me and his reassurance. Coming from only monogamous relationships to this is a big change that I feel like I'm willing to make work. I want, want it to work for infinite reasons. But it would just mean life goes on normal for him. I cannot really say why compromises he has made or can even make in this situation to help. I really try to work through things and I'm very honest with how I feel at all times. So we have that level of communication and understanding. But I feel at this point I'm unsure what I can do more or how I can help him help me. Again, I feel like my monogamous ways is not completely set in stone. I feel like I have some leeway and am currently giving in to some degree before I guess I hit a wall mentally where I begin to struggle and maybe break down a bit. If anyone needs more info, I'm willing to provide. Again, I'm terribly sorry for this long post, but I sincerely appreciate anyone who reads it and offers anything to me. I sincerely thank you. All right, let's stop there. Oh, there's a lot of unpacking. Here's the basics. Your mono, get out. I mean, I don't know that isn't going to be the ultimate conclusion. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that um, you, the partner is doing very, very much to help the situation. Like, it sounds like they're just kind of like dropping, oh, that's because I'm Polly and just moving on. And then it's like, oh, okay, you go figure out what that means. Right. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know. Like, I, I can totally understand why OP is stressed the hell out because it sounds like, you know, um, M, who supposedly has been poly all along, um, doesn't really have any poly knowledge. Right. And damn sure isn't making an attempt 
um, to like impart any knowledge or have reasonable discussions, right? About like what poly is, how poly works, like okay, let's work through the agreements, let's work through the things. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, eh, I'm poly. Well, and see, here's I see a few things. Mm-hmm. One, this I don't want to know that I've never in my life seen this work really well, especially if you get into serious poly, long term serious poly. Mm-hmm. Of I don't want to know, I don't want to be part of that relationship. I don't want to be around that relationships. I don't want to be involved in them. That don't work. I'm like I get that, and I think you're that that that's a valid point. But I also think it goes back to he didn't do any of the groundwork before right. he just kind of boom. Mm-hmm. Do you want to meet him? No. You know what I mean? Like, there's no groundwork here. Right. There's there's not a framework to be like, okay, what is this supposed to be like? What do you mean meet him? Do you mean a threesome? Do you mean that we're supposed to just all hang out together all the time? Right. Like, what do you mean meet him? Um, Versus, like, hi, you know, you have a meta part of this so that polyamory works out. Um, it can be really beneficial if the two of you meet mm-hmm. and at least have a, an awareness of each other. And, you know, if, if you don't want to see each other after this, that's fine. Right. Um, but at least start at the idea that kitchen table is possible. Right. But even parallel, you have huh? to have common knowledge of each other. Oh, yeah. Um, meanwhile, it kind of gets back to this location app thing. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I don't think y'all supported each other through that because right. that was probably a much bigger conversation that needed to occur, um, right. and work through, uh, the, the split feelings. Like if I know, then this, if I don't know, then this. Right. And it's like, you know, which is the lesser of two evils? Right. Um, which again, back to the framework, back to not knowing this person, back to not understanding what their relationship is and what they do and where they go and what that means. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Back to the, well, where is he? What's he doing? Who's he talking to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just going to drive yourself up a wall while you're up there. You might as well just clean out the kit, you know, clean the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely agree. The easy solution is this isn't going to work. Right. Like, I, and I'll guarantee that if things don't change, this will not work. It is going to blow up. Yes. Um, and the easy solution right now is just go, look, I'm in over my head. Right. And then, you know, doing some research, doing some reading. Mm-hmm. There's some nice books out there, some very important ones like ethical slot the jealousy workbook more love um less conflict more love more love less conflict right those are highly highly important like requirements Mm -hmm. you can't just freehand this no well and i mean it's not always necessary that you read the books if you're working with a really good partner Mm mm-hmm 
Um, but it's I, uh, but I would definitely agree that after this experience, mm -hmm. the books are going to be worth it to try to make sense of it. Because right. right now, I think you just have a really shitty partner, whether they were monogamous or not. Right. Um, because it doesn't seem like they're really working on this relationship. They're just kind of offloaded that to you. Right. You know, because long distance relationships, especially at this distance level, is tough to begin with. Right. Why? Well, is it the, like, because I think that was one part that kind of borked me. Was they're like 30 minutes apart? No. He and his partner, M and G, are like oh, the goodness. OP and his partner. Mm hmm. Are across the world. One is in the U.S., one is in Italy. Oh, U.S. and Italy. Um, the So M um, and O are 30 minutes apart. Right. You know, and it's like... Dude. This is a stacked deck. Yeah. Like... Ugh. Complicated. Y'all... Yeah. 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 Oh, no wonder the anxiety is high. Like, yeah. Nothing like an ocean to throw complications in the mix. And a time zone and politi political causes. Like, all that added in is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I'm wondering if some of this is also like a communications issue. I'm not saying just, you know, because someone's in the U.S. or someone's in Italy, either or mm -hmm. um, that there's an inherent communications problem. But like you throw a culture difference mm -hmm. on top of like either a more formal understanding of uh, Italian and a more formal understanding right. of English. I doubt that's going to help. Right. Like, that That would sound like a, a very mm, moment. Right. A very big one. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I think OP has, has gone down a rabbit hole. Right. And I'm kind of agreeing with you more and more that the, the better solution is stop. Turn around, get out of the hole. Right. Because like, none of this is like cheap and easy to figure out on different continents. Right. Like, it's not going to be. It's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable, but it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. Hard ways. I hate this for OP. Yes. All right. So let's go and check out our poll. Should you change your name if your father reuses it like toilet paper? Well, we don't reuse toilet paper. We reuse it like aluminum foil at your grandma's house. You yeah. rinse that shit off and you put it on something else. Right. All right. And the vote is, no, you're not an asshole for changing your name because your father cannot deal with it. 
There we go. All right. So we have some interesting developments coming. Ooh. You know, someone played with Canva the other night. Mm-hmm. And he's just waiting for the download to occur. Oh, yeah, the upload. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For some new things and Patreons, we'll get to see them first. Just wanted to give you a little heads up that mm-hmm. some things have occurred and some things are being created. Yes. yes. Creativity abounds in the new year. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, we want to show or do we want to just wait? Mm, well, let's show them to the Patreons first and then we'll bring them on to the show. Okay. Very like, you gotta have that Patreon benefit. Exactly. Alright, guys. Wait, speaking of Patreons. Yas! <laughs> of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, Please visit us at PCSPNetwork.com. Yes. And with that, y'all, good night. We'll see you on Sunday. Good night.